Good morning, everybody. How many of us are awake and excited about being in the house of the Lord? Good to see you, Brandon. Love you, buddy. God is so good to us. We are a blessed people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My wife and I have, uh, have this little trip that uh, we take coming to church, and we get to see so many beautiful things that God has created from the, the views, the, the, the mountains, the animals, and there are some really cool animals out there. Some that I never thought I would see in person, but we are blessed to be able to see them. So while we were coming to church, I was looking across, you know, the, the skyline, the view, the mountains, and I was so thankful for what God has created. But you know, as I look across this congregation, I'm so thankful for what God has created. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Pastor, I'm so glad that God took seven days to create this world and everything in it, but he's not given up on me. He continues to work on me, and I need it. I need it. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to do something a little basic, if you will. Um, I began to study and to think about what God would have me to deliver today. And while I was doing the studying, and, and my thoughts are not his thoughts, my ways, Brother Piercy, are not his ways. And my thought process got changed. We know a little bit about that, Brother Evan. And so I'm going to deliver what I feel that God has asked me to deliver. We're going to go back to the basics, the tabernacle. What is the tabernacle? I am so glad you asked because we're going to learn a little bit about that this morning. Amen? The tabernacle was built by Moses. God instructed Moses on what to do and how to do it and all the different details when Moses had taken the children of Israel out of Egypt and he was on Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments. He was also being instructed on how to build the tabernacle. Now every detail in the tabernacle would take more than time that I have this morning so I will not go into every detail but I do encourage you to read Exodus, and you will find a lot of the details in every different part of the tabernacle. You know, when God gave Moses the tabernacle, the instructions of the tabernacle, he was very, very detailed on what type of linen to use, what type of wood to use, what type of foots and inches, and everything had to be exactly correct. He couldn't find any shortcuts. He couldn't say, well, instead of using this type of gold or this type of wood, I'll go ahead and do this. No, 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 no. He was instructed to do exactly what God had told him to do. If he had taken one short step to save money, to save time out of ease or out of comfort, then we would not have the tabernacle. God 
told Noah how to build the ark. And when building the ark, he told him the same thing. There are specific woods to use, feet, cubits, and all of these different things. And if he did not do exactly what God instructed, there would not be a boat to deliver Noah and his children. We have been given an exact instructions on how to be saved in the word of God. We cannot live in a society that would tell us, oh, you don't have to do that and you don't have to do that because the Bible lets us to know that if we take anything out or add, then his promises are void. They won't. So when people ask you, how do we, how do we get saved and what do we got to do? We know that we can take them to the word of the Lord and we can show them the instructions that God has given us. We are apostolic. We are Pentecostal. And we know we are blessed with these instructions. God has allowed us to partake in them. And so in building of the tabernacle, there are many different things there. We know the tabernacle is a type and shadow of salvation. Now, the tabernacle was built in three different sections. There was the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. And so the high priest would go into the tabernacle and the very first thing he would see that would be there would be the altar. Now the altar was built very specifically out of, what's that word again? Acacia wood, I had to, I'm, I'm a little basic, so you're going to have to forgive me. I had to take my phone and put in the word and say, how do I say this word? Because I couldn't say it. I couldn't pronounce it, Brother Scott. And I did not want to get up here and say, Aksai wood. Because <laughs> I would have really felt pretty dumb. So thankfully, I have an iPhone, and I typed it in, and my wife said, well, all you got to do is type it in and tell it to pronounce it for you. And I'm like, really? You can do that? So I did, and I still have trouble saying it. What's it again? Acacia wood. Acacia wood covered with bronze. And in this altar, there were uh, four corners of the altar, four points. And that is where the high priest would tie up the sacrifice, because has anybody here ever tried to catch an animal? Anybody ever tried to catch a sheep or a goat? Or they're they're not easy, not at all. My my daughter did that, F H A F F A whatever it was, and she had a goat, and it would constantly jump the fence, and I'd have to go for miles and call in sick, and tell my boss that I wasn't able to make it to work because. I wasn't going to tell him I had to go catch that goat, but I had to go catch that goat. And so I had to get in my little side-by-side -side and drive out and find it and wrap it with a, with a rope and drag it back. And some days I get a little frustrated and just say, forget it, 
let it go. But so there on this altar was those little point horns, if you will, and that's where and what they used to tie up the animal for sacrifice. And so um, they would tie the animal up, they would sacrifice the animal, they would collect the blood, and we can talk a little bit later about what happens to the blood. We know that the blood is what is required for salvation in the Old Testament, and then thankfully the greatest lamb came and sacrificed his blood so that we can be saved. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. And so, there, before you can do anything, there are so many different parts of the tabernacle that are so exciting. The mercy seat. The testimonies. The candles. But none of those meant anything if you didn't first stop at an altar. All too often, we as children of God, we get so caught up in the world and so caught up in life and so caught up in our work and doing other things that by the time we get to church, we don't take any time to find an altar. But yet, we want to come into the house of God, Pastor, and we want all the blessings. We want God to move. We want God to heal. We want God to save our children. But we don't want to take time for an altar. God loves each and every one of us and has a plan for us, even in this service today. But let's not get so caught up in ourselves and our lives that we don't take time to find an altar in our lives. Paul said he had to die daily. He understood every day I've got to find an altar. Every day I've got to go and sacrifice and pray and repent and kill this flesh that wants to sin. Because he knew if he did not put his flesh under subjection, the carnal man would have his way, and he wouldn't be able to do and experience what God had in store for him that day. So that was my main thought process, was, God, what is it, what do we have to do where are we lacking in revival? It was the altar. So many of us, I mean, it's great you look apostolic. It's great you follow holiness standards. It's great that you, you refrain from doing certain things. But if you don't find an altar and talk to God, your life will never change. You will have to go through the same thing over and over again. The high priest would go into the tabernacle and he would live there. And 
what's really exciting and interesting is that is also where he got his meat from that sustained him. That's where he got his food from. Was that same altar that he made the sacrifice. Everything that we need, everything that God has given us, all the provisions are in the house of the Lord. God provided light. God provided bread. God provided meat. God provides worship. God provides the Holy Ghost. God provides everything in the house of the Lord. But none of those things will be effective if we don't find an altar. And so he would then go and he would sacrifice the animal and he would do what he had to do there. And then after that, we're in the, still in the outer court, there would be the laven. And that is where he would wash his hands. And it too was created out of that same wood. And he would wash his hands, get all the filth and, and the sin, if you will, off of his hands. That's why I, I wish my son Garrett, Gabriel was here to um, hear the importance. Again, he was baptized last week, and he was so excited about being baptized. And as we began to have a Bible study about baptism, he kept asking questions. Do I have to do it every year? No. No, no. Once is enough. And we know the high priest had to go and, and do the sacrifice once a year for the children of Israel. But he would, the high priest would go and wash his hands. And we understand that that was talking about the type and shadow of baptism and the importance of baptism. That's why Jesus said in 3 John chapter 3, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. And if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name today, I promise you there's a baptismal tank, and I know Pastor would be excited about filling it up with water and baptizing you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Why is it so important? Because God has given us the instructions on what it takes to be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, God, for what you've done and what you're going to do. So now we're going to step into the inner court. The inner court had a couple of things, and there was the candlesticks with seven branches. And the candlestick had the oil in it, and that oil was lit, and that became the fire, that became the light for the priest while he was there in the tabernacle. They did not have electricity or batteries, and it was covered in a, in a cloth and a material that on the inside, it was so dark in there without the candlestick, the high priest wouldn't have been able to see anything. And so it was very important that the candlestick with seven branches was in the tabernacle. And the oil 
which we all know was used to light the fire, and we need the oil of the Holy Ghost in our lives today. Because without it, we won't be able to see. Without it, we won't be able to go in the direction that God has for us. Seven candlesticks, seven churches, seven continents, seven attributes of God. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is our banner in Exodus chapter 17, verse 15. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. Genesis 22 and 14. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord heals. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Jehovah Ronan, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen, amen, and amen. Psalms chapter 23. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace found in Psalms. In Judges, I apologize, chapter 6, verse 24. Jehovah Titkanu, the Lord, that's the other one I had to, to look up. The Lord is our righteousness. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse number 16. God, I love you. Jehovah Sham, the Lord is present in Ezekiel 48. And 35. I'm so thankful for all of the attributes of God. We need them. God knew what we needed. God provides everything that we need. God provided everything the high priest needed in the tabernacle to fulfill what had to be done for the children of Israel. The altar of incense, it was made of acacia wood overlaid with gold, also had four horns. It was set in front of the veil, and when the high priest would open the veil and step into the Holy of Holies, the burnt incense would go before him. And so on the other side we find the table of showbread. And it was also made out of acacia wood overlaid with gold. It represents God's provisions and as an act of thanksgiving. John 6, 35, Jesus says, He is the bread of life, and whoever follows after him will never go hungry. John chapter 4 we find the woman at the well, and Jesus is there and asked, him, asked her for a drink, and we know the story. And she says, no, 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 you're, you're a Jew. Um, it's not tradition for us to do those things. And he replies, well, if you knew who was asking you, and you understood, you would ask me for more. Because what I have to offer is living water. Now, now we get to go into the Holy of Holies. Where the Ark of the Covenant was. It too was built out of acacia wood, 
overlaid with gold. And on top of it, it had the two cherubims. And their angel wings would wrap around their back and meet together. They were facing face to face. And there was the mercy seat. There is where that high priest would put that blood to atone the people's sins. It is so very important that we follow all of the instructions of salvation. Brother Scott, we can't skip anything. Everything was designed for a reason, designed for a purpose. And I know the tabernacle is such a basic instruction, such a basic teaching, but I received so much by studying the word of the Lord, by studying the tabernacle. I know this is not my usual way of teaching or preaching, but I couldn't help myself as I began to study the word of the Lord and I began to study the importance of the tabernacle and I began to study the types and shadow concepts of the word of God and the tabernacle and how it affects us today and how God provides everything that we need. I'm so thankful that we no longer have to go to a high priest. But we can come to church on a Sunday morning when we're tired, find a place to pray, find an altar, and we could boldly touch the throne of God, and God could heal us, God can save us, God can fill us with his spirit, God can deliver us. We are a blessed, blessed people. And the tabernacle was for the children of Israel. We, they had to, it was built and designed, every part of it, where there were sticks and things that uh, the men of the Lord, the men of God, the Levites, could all pick it up and carry it and pack it with them wherever they go. And we get to come into a nice, comfortable AC building and sit on comfortable chairs and they had to go through all the labor of tearing it apart and rebuilding it and tearing it apart and rebuilding it every time they had to move every every time they had to go into where we are a blessed people so let's not take the house of god for granted but you don't have to just find an altar in the house of god you can find an altar at home you can find an altar at work, at school. No matter where you are, you can find an altar. And we know by what we've already heard this morning, the importance of that altar, and I don't ever want to take it for granted. I don't ever want to be lazy, complacent, and tell myself I don't have time for an altar. We don't have to sacrifice a lamb. We don't have to sacrifice a goat. But all we've got to do is take time in our lives 
to find an altar, a place to pray, a place to talk to God so that God can give us everything that we need. God can provide for us. God can heal us. God can fill us with His Spirit. God can be the light as the candlestick was to this dark and ugly world. And I don't know about you, but I want to be saved. And I want to take as many people with me as possible. I want to take as many people with me as possible. Not only our children, our loved ones, our friends, the people that we work with, the community that we live in. I want to unpack this world. And the only way I'm going to do that, Pastor, is if I can learn to find an altar. If I can understand the importance of that altar in my life. And I know I did not fulfill the full 30 minutes, and I apologize. However, Pastor does want to come up and say a few words. Everything is on the tabernacle. We can find details of it in, in Exodus when God gave Moses the instructions on how to build it. And so if there's any questions, the Bible says to study to show thyself approved. So study it out. Learn from the word of God. <laughs>